Hashtag you don't have to be Jewish. The Biden administration on Friday laid out the details of a $105 billion national security package, and that includes military and humanitarian assistance for conflicts in Ukraine and Israel. The supplemental request would provide security support to Israel, bolster Israeli efforts to secure the release of hostages, and extend humanitarian aid to civilians affected by the war both in Gaza and Israel. That is according to the White House. Joining us this morning is Professor Eitan Gilboa. He is an expert on U.S.-Israel relations, a senior fellow at Jerusalem Institute for for Strategy and Security. Professor Eitan Gilboa, good morning. Thank you for joining us. How are you doing? Good morning. Thank you for inviting me. A great pleasure. This is probably one of the closest, certainly that I've observed in, in recent times, the relationship between the United States and Israel even given the unfriendliness, really, between Biden and Netanyahu. It's absolutely fascinating to see. What's your, what's your thoughts on that? I think what we have been witnessing in the last uh, two weeks or so uh, is a de facto defense agreement between Israel and the United States. We have uh, been debating uh, this idea for a long time. But uh, the challenges that Israel is facing today uh, require uh, that kind of American military support. And Biden clearly said uh, last Thursday in his um, speech to the nation uh, that uh, it's not just Israel versus uh, the most cruel uh, uh, Islamic um, uh, terrorist organizations in Gaza, Islamic uh, Jihad and Hamas. It is a much larger issue involving regional and global dimensions. So it is uh, the the axis of evil Mm. that includes uh, uh, Iran, its proxies in the Middle East, Russia and China. And so so, um, uh, the United States um, is uh, providing Israel with significant military, uh, military assistance. Uh, we Israel does not need that assistance to deal with uh, uh, with Islamic Jihad and Hamas. It needs it to deal with uh, Hezbollah in Lebanon, maybe pro-Iranian militias uh, stationed uh, in Syria, uh, Iraq, and, and even we heard that the Houthis in in Yemen uh, on on Thursday they fired mm. uh, um, four missiles and and some and some drones. And the United States uh, as destroyer uh, shut them down. So the this is there's no doubt that this is potentially lining up to be a very dangerous situation with Israel as the epicenter because you've got uh, Iran, you've got uh, Russia, both using Hezbollah, Hamas as their proxies. You've uh, you've got the United States, uh, Great Britain on the other side, the U- United States, of course, not only giving aid, but also bringing in their, uh, their, their aircraft carriers, troops as a show of force. They're saying, if you think about doing anything, don't. Uh, but uh, the the heating up and of of incidents and the number of the increasing in of incidents in the north is obviously quite worrying because it doesn't uh, give the impression that they are backing down there and as you said the the missile fired from Yemen as well certainly doesn't give a lot of confidence. 
Yes, absolutely. And I think that, uh, yes, every day uh, there are uh, severe, uh, serious incidents on the border between Israel and Lebanon. Israel has evacuated uh, many towns and villages across the border, two to three kilometers from the border, fearing uh, uh, a land invasion of the Radwan force of Hezbollah, although I think that they may want, uh, they may uh, mount uh, an invasion from, from Syria, from, from the Golan Heights, rather than from Lebanon, because Lebanon is a, in a very, a very serious uh, financial and economic crisis. They cannot really sustain any kind of warfare with Israel. And every day, Israeli policymakers are, are telling uh, Hezbollah that if they dare to, uh, to attack uh, Israel with uh, significant force, the 2006 uh, destruction of Beirut would be like uh, a children game. So, so Israel um, is, is trying to deter Hezbollah from, from um, increasing uh, warfare from the north. The United States uh, is also telling both Iran indirectly through a third, uh, a third uh, actor, and uh, by deploying uh, significant forces, uh, two aircraft carriers and strategic bombers in, in Scotland and, uh, and uh, Marines that are being uh, already deployed in the area, that if they dare to expand the war, there would be consequences. And I, I really believe that if uh, Hezbollah uh, and Iran will be uh, expanding the war, they will be punished. Mm. The other thing to consider, and uh, I was just thinking about this on the weekend, is that Iran doesn't have a very strong support base from uh, its own population. The internal challenges are quite significant that Iran is facing, and one just does wonder if Iran had to invite itself into this war, if they would be able to contain their own people. What's your thought on that? Yeah, that's an excellent question. Uh, we know that uh, the Islamic uh, theo theocracy, mm. theocratic regime in Iran is not popular, to say the least. And we also know that uh, um, that a significant portion of the Iranian population uh, opposed the Israeli policy of Iran. Uh, yet, uh, you know, this is a dictatorial regime. They face a serious dilemma. They uh, built... They have building uh, Hezbollah's uh, military power and not to deal with the Palestinians in Gaza. They built it in order to deter Israel from destroying their own nuclear weapons infrastructure. So, so the question for them would be this. Uh, say that uh, the Hamas and Islamic Jihad uh, uh, were in danger of being destroyed in Gaza. Uh, would they uh, activate Hezbollah? and lose mm. the, 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 that kind of deterrence against Israel that they have been building. And this is not an easy, an easy dilemma for them. We think uh, that there's still a chance for them to, to avoid uh, a major, a major uh, regional war in the Middle East. Also, as I mentioned earlier, they may, uh, they may be getting involved with the United States. And uh, there could be an opportunity... Uh, for Israel and the United States uh, to destroy their uh, nuclear uh, uh, weapons uh, program, we we have uh, we now have proof 
of what these extreme Islamics are capable of. They are not human beings, they are animals. And what we have seen from Islamic Jihad, which, is, which has been for a long time a close proxy of Iran and, and Hamas, uh, this is also uh, relevant for Iran. We have seen what they have done with how they, how they suppress those uh, hijab uh, rebellion of, of two years ago. They keep people like, you know, life uh, is not important for them. So, so the, the nuclear weapons of Iran is still a major threat that has to be dealt with. And perhaps uh, the United States, Israel, and maybe other countries would think that if Iran and Hezbollah expand the war uh, over Gaza, then there could, there could be an opportunity to destroy their own nuclear weapons infrastructure. Did Israel err in not acting earlier and destroying Iran's capability? We know they have uh, certainly slowed it down and there's been a lot of beneath-the-surface activity happening between Israel and Iran in terms of uh, the thwarting of, their nucle- of Iran's nuclear capability. But an outright destruction of it hasn't happened. Has this been a mistake? Uh, yes, probably. And uh, the, I think that there's a huge obstacle in our Western thinking about our uh, un- enemies or, or rivals. We apply Western logic mm, mm. Uh, to these uh, states and organizations, and therefore we think that they could be deterred, uh, they could be managed, they could be restrained. Turns out this is not the case. Uh, th- we made this mistake with Hamas as well. Uh, policymakers in Israel, successive governments, thought that um, economic considerations would be dominating uh, Hamas's uh, policies inside Gaza. Gaza has been in a terrible situation, uh, economically and financially. And we thought that uh, if uh, Qatar uh, contributes uh, $30 million a month uh, to improve the economy of Gaza, then this would deter them from uh, starting yeah. uh, rounds of violence every few years. It's a mistake we make when we think that everybody thinks like we do. Uh, but we do need to leave it there. Very, very interesting conversation indeed. Thank you, Professor Eitan Gilboa. He's an expert on U.S.-Israel relations. He's a senior fellow at Jerusalem Institute for Strategy and Security.